A reading from We Make the Road by Walking, a year-long quest for spiritual formation, reorientation, and activation by Brian D. McLaren. He writes, What we all want is pretty simple, really. We want to be alive, to feel alive, not just to exist, but to thrive, to live out loud, walk tall, breathe free. We want to be less lonely, less exhausted, less conflicted or afraid, more awake, more grateful, more energized and purposeful. We capture this kind of mindful, overbrimming life in terms like well-being, shalom, blessedness, wholeness, harmony, life to the full, and aliveness. The quest for aliveness explains so much of what we do. It's why readers read and travelers travel. It's why lovers love and thinkers think, why dancers dance and moviegoers watch. In the quest for aliveness, chefs cook, foodies eat, farmers till, drummers riff, fly fishers cast, runners run, and photographers shoot. The quest for aliveness is the best thing about religion, I think. It's what we're hoping for when we pray. It's why we gather, celebrate, eat, abstain, attend, practice, sing, and contemplate. When people say, I'm spiritual, what they mean, I think, is simple. I'm seeking aliveness. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I'm so happy to be back with you here in season 10. Drum roll, please. After hours and hours, literally, of contemplation, praying, thinking, sorting, reading, studying, I have come to a topic, a beautiful topic that I think is going to just en- enlarge us all. That's our goal here, right? To grow, to have a healthier sense of self, healthier behavior patterns, and healthier communication skills. That powerful threefold cord that we want to anchor us in our daily lives. This season, we're going to call the Everyday Series. Yep, that's it. You know my book, Stronger Every Day. Well, as I thought this through, I thought, I really want to talk about everyday faith. I want to talk about everyday joy, everyday calm, everyday peace of mind, everyday happiness, everyday contentment. I want to scale back our lives to the power of 24 hours. 
down to the minutest form of how we live. We live in the framework of a day. And what it means, as Brian D. McLaren just said, what, what does it mean to seek aliveness? Or as Dr. Allison Cook speaks of in her new book, The Best of You, she writes, come alive to yourself. Now, coming alive and seeking aliveness, well, that does infer or insinuate that something probably is either dead or dying or stuck or not growing. And she writes in The Best of You, change is no small thing, but here's the promise. You are dying to old ways in order to become the brave, light-bearing woman God made. This process is not a rigid form of self-denial. It's not a grin-and-bear-it way of surviving in the world. If you're taking that approach, I'll be honest, part of you is hanging on to old ways. Instead, she urges us to consider this. What if dying to yourself means dying to these destructive tendencies? Toxic patterns of relating to other people. Pleasing someone as a way to get love. Shame, self-hatred. Burying painful emotions like sadness, loneliness, or anger. Perfecting yourself to earn approval. Playing small so others won't be threatened by you. Believing that you don't matter and that your life does not have value. What if dying to yourself means dying to the lie that God does not have more for you? What if dying to yourself means dying to the lie that you don't have what it takes? What if dying to yourself means coming alive to what brings out the best of you? This is what I believe is means to grow in emotional and spiritual health. It means dying to toxic ways of relating to God, yourself, and other people. It means identifying who or what brings out the worst of you and taking steps to change those patterns. And most importantly, it means saying yes, yes, to the Good Shepherd as he leads you on this journey of becoming your truest self. This is what we're all about here in our Stronger Everyday community, which, another drum roll, please, is actually going to be making a huge shift to the Heartlifting community. And we're going to meet somewhere called Heartlift Central. Just stay tuned. It's almost ready, not quite there, but I've been promising that I was going to find a place outside of social media, because so many of us aren't on that anymore, that where we could congregate, where we could collaborate, where we could communicate as an army of women committed as heartlifters. So it is so close, I can taste it, and I cannot wait to share that with you. It is on its way. A huge part of season 10 is going to be all about letting go of these old ways so that we can grab hold and possess the new ways. In his book, one of our favorite guests, Chuck DeGroat, writes this, many of our life experiences lead us to places of disconnection, disharmony, dividedness. 
The best psychology and neurobiology show us that the quality of our earliest relationships goes a long way towards setting up our brains to thrive. Our developing brains try to make the best sense possible out of the many wild and wonderful events of our early days, including things like Uncle Jake's funny but disturbing silly faces and Grandpa nearly dropping us when we were two months old and Mom not responding as quickly as we would have liked for the next feeding. Our earliest memories are implicit memories stored in a a variety of areas in the brain. These memories aren't organized like many of our later memories. They're not narratives with a definite me involved. We can't place these memories on a neat timeline and give them a definite plot line. In fact, our early emotions and perceptions and bodily traumas are actually encoded in patterns or schemas that impact the way we view the world and relate to others in life. Oh, we know this, but we're going to keep pressing on and developing and getting understanding of these early emotions and perceptions and bodily traumas so that they will be decoded and consolidated. He continues, some early life experiences are quite frightening or traumatic, so much so that our brain finds a way to protect us from what's happening. These experiences may involve a natural disaster, a crime, an act of sexual abuse, or the violent rage of a parent, among many others. The memories of these events, just like those of more benign experiences, are encoded implicity. A child who was touched inappropriately may remember that event in a part of her or his body. A child who witnessed a crime may remember it in a headache or a panic attack. At a functional level, however, the memory is split off, stored in the unconscious until something or someone triggers it later. Oh, Heartlifters, this season is going to be so good. We have a plethora of guests that are just going to bless your socks off. We have Linda Evans Shepherd, who's going to come and guide us in prayer and spiritual formation. We have Susan Neal, a wonderful woman who's so committed to our embodied experience, our somatic experience, and how we take care of our bodies, how we feed our bodies, because our bodies are, as it says in the ancient scriptures, our temples. It's what it's what houses our soul and our mind and our spirit. We have Dr. Michelle Bankston. She's actually going to be kicking off the season And she has just written a book called Today is a Good Day. In light of many, many bad days, she was actually living. And we're going to collaborate with Dr. Michelle. She's one of our favorites here, too. We've had her on so many times. She's almost a co-host. So we're going to collaborate with her, and we're going to have our own lovely Today is a Good Day challenge. I am so excited about it, as you can tell. We're going to have Sherry Strange and Kara Snyder, and so many others. And I have invitations out to several others that I am praying a big old yes comes in so that they can help us learn and grow and expand our emotional, mental vocabulary, which we know, Heartlifters, informs our spiritual formation. We have to have emotional and mental health in order to have full 
spiritual health and formation. They inform each other. They work in a solid collaboration, just like we are working here. We're going to talk about some subjects that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Self-efficacy. Yeah, big words, right? It's just the power of believing you can. Believing that you have a capacity to do what you know you can do. Differentiation. Big old word. And in psychology, it means a psychological state of being which someone is able to maintain their sense of self, their identity, their thoughts, their emotions, when physically or emotionally close with others, particularly within an intense or intimate relationship. So I've taught a lot about enmeshment here, but now we're going to give the other side differentiation. And it's going to be something I believe that will really make a huge difference in your daily life. Because when we know these things that we're up against, <laughs> right? We, we've talked all about this in my series on Stronger Every Day. You can go back and listen to the nine tools, the, all the podcasts on the tools that I brought, Secure Attachment, Memory Reconsolidation, uh, Eudaimonia, and so many more things. We know that we, when we possess these tools, these emotional mental health tools, and we understand them in our psyche, that everything in our life is better. And so we want to be informed. Heartlifters are intelligent, emotionally intelligent, emotionally informed, mentally strong, and, and mentally fit women. That's who we are. So excited to bring these things to you. We're going to talk about something Dr. Dan Siegel calls three Pillars Mind Training. So powerful. He brings in a very strong discussion about meditation and mindfulness and how that has possibly been overused in our culture. And he brings in these three powerful pillars that I believe, once again, are going to help you live a better life because that's what we do here. And I'm super excited because Many of you did take the survey that I brought forth in the weekly email newsletter. Thank you so much for answering that and for giving me wisdom on how I can make this podcast better. This podcast is for you. Yeah, it is so for me. I can't tell you how much I've grown. I love to study. I love to research. I love to talk. I love to meet new people. And so this podcast is just a synergy of all my passions. Most of all, I love to teach. Teaching is the golden thread that runs through my life. And I don't, but I don't want to talk at you because that's not what a good teacher does. A good teacher talks with you. And so I want to open up conversations and I need you to talk back to me in all the right ways. So I want to make this podcast something that enlarges your capacity to move through your spheres of influence with that healthy sense of self, healthy behavior patterns, and healthy communication skills. And that, we know, makes you become spiritually mature. And it just makes life so much better for everybody in it. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? So I'm going to be sharing uh, a powerful, at least I think so, a powerful teaching that unfolded for me this summer. Uh, my dear, dear daughter-in-law, 
is having our very first grandson in a very short amount of time, I think in like less 20 some days. And I am here healing from my total hip replacement so that I can get on that plane and get to my first grandson and love him and welcome him into the world and into the family and kiss his face and bless him and just help Grant and Kristen bring this little one into their home. You've read a lot about their home in the very beginning of Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You. So maybe I'll give you a little tour when I'm there because they were just at the beginning stages of of gutting that house to its good emotional bones, its good physical bones. And they've done a lot of work since then, and I'm so proud of them. But when uh, I was asked to come to the baby shower in Kansas, and Kristen asked if I would share a short message from my heart to hers with the shower, at the shower. And I will say that up to this day, I have spoken in front of hundreds, probably thousands of people in the last four decades. (laughs) This was by far one of my most powerful, most rewarding speaking engagements. (laughs) And I was up in the late night season one night. God woke me up. That's just what he does. And I sat on my floor and I just thought, Father God, what do you want to say? What do you want to say to Kristen as a a new mama to be? What can I say to her that will actually be beneficial, that will be helpful, that will enable her to endure all the ups and downs and all arounds that mothering brings to a woman's life. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. It's the most enjoyable thing I've ever done. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. It's the most frustrating, right? But motherhood is who I am. Motherhood is what I do. And I love it more than anything in all of my life, even though it has definitely been a struggle, of course. But what isn't a struggle that causes us to grow? So God gave me this message, and I I hope that it was uh, one for her heart and for uh, raising this beautiful grandson. And it comes out of Philippians 4. So I'm just going to read the passage, and then we're going to engage in taking it apart. Because what I found inside of this very, very familiar passage that I have probably read hundreds of times, and I have quoted it to people hundreds of times, was something brand new which is why I love God. I love the Bible. I love that I can read it for four decades and it still has an offering for me that takes my breath away. And it took my breath away because it it actually reiterated something I knew in my spirit that I have been saying in my practice and in my heart-lifting journey with others. I finally found the evidence that I needed. So, you know, I'm always saying I want to get that PhD, but this just just solidified something I knew. And when I researched and got down to the bottom of it, 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 it approved it, it affirmed it. And that's always very satisfying for a researcher and a teacher. So let me start Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned 
and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I'm going to read that again. Verse 9. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I can't wait to unpack that with you. Verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi, by the way. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I have learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Other versions say, I have learned the secret of being content. Verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. How many times have we quoted Philippians 4.13 to someone or to self? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But when I read this and when I took it apart and studied it for a couple weeks, actually, I realized that Paul couldn't say that verse without verses 9, 10, 11, and 12. And that's what we're going to do in this season 10. We are going to take this apart and I have full confidence that it is going to empower you as much as it empowered me and continues to empower me on a daily basis in my 24-hour framework when I think, hmm, here's the secret to actually living in a life that is going to bring me circumstances and relationships and situations that are difficult That's what Paul was saying here. I've learned in times of difficulty. I've learned how to be brought low. Yeah, he had prison, shipwrecks, bit by a snake. My goodness, blinded for three days. We could go on. Paul is writing from a place of true experience. He's not writing from a lofty throne where he didn't go through anything. I mean, wow. (laughs) He's like... I learned this secret in all the hard, dark valleys and difficulties, chains, almost drowning. All those places taught me this secret. And I also learned them in times that were really great, times where I was prospering, times that were full of abundance and and, and just joy and celebration. So he says, you can hold joy and sorrow, right, Heartlifters? That's what we say here. We have two hands, and one hand can hold joy and one can hold sorrow, and we can be content right there in the midst of both. And so we're going to take this apart and really get some life 
lessons and practical, practical application so that we can live in this next season from September to December with full contentment and deep joy. I just can't wait. We're going to connect this. This is going to give a little bit of the secret away to Deuteronomy 29, 29. And that verse talks about the secret place and how treasures and riches and wisdom are found in the secret place. And those who belong to God, who seek him, well, we have entrance to that place. And it's there in that secret place where we really, really find out what it means to live the life that we've been given. Bob Sorge, one of my favorite uh, writers, says, Prayer is the immunity system of the body of Christ. Through prayer, we fight off invasive forces that seek to disease and afflict the body of Christ. Love it so much. So, so good. So I just can't wait to journey with you through the Everyday Series and learn what it means. We're going to revisit this as well from my book, Stronger Every Day, what it means to journey, to take that long journey from our head into our hearts. And that's on pages 23 and 27 in Stronger Every Day. So make sure you have that book around for our time together this season, because I will be referring to it quite often. And don't forget, I have that beautiful online guide for you so that you can work through Stronger Every Day with me via a video. And that is available in the show notes. You can find your way there. It's such a joy to be able to bring you these online courses so that you can just continue to learn on your own because you're a heart lifter. You're always seeking, always seeking to learn and to listen and to grow. I'm going to close our introductory session today with a prayer for strength. It's our heart lifters prayer. It's in the very front of Stronger Every Day, a prayer for strength from my heart to yours. Dear God, today is a brand new day filled with endless possibilities. Please come alongside, my friend. May her heart and mind be healthy and whole. May she lean in and know that she is not alone on this journey. As she picks up her pen to start writing new words, new thoughts, and new vision, assure her of your presence. Help her as she begins using these brand new emotional health tools. May she speak healing words to her future. Affirm her value, worth, and dignity every single day of this heartlifting journey. Allow her to feel in her deepest core a profound sense of security and strength and that she sincerely is getting stronger every day. Remind her that when she is weak, you are strong. May the unfolding of your word give her the exact amount of light she needs for today. May the peace that passes all understanding quiet every worry. May joy unspeakable and full of glory rise up in her soul. May she find herself laughing out loud. (laughs) 
and recognizing beauty like never before. May things that once bothered her now cause less agitation, less anger, less frustration. May ease and calm follow her throughout the hallways of her home. May resilience and rest enable her to respond with remarkable grace. When the new healthy narrative feels strange and even uncomfortable, and it will, empower her to continue using her new tools until her new normal is established. When fear tries to overwhelm her newfound sense of calm, send your powerful Holy Spirit to conquer its hold. At the end of the day, when her head hits the pillow, may she sleep in peace. Most importantly, may she always remember she is clothed with strength and dignity, smiling at her future. Amen. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairden.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.